0: telephone flaming mouse uh yes i'm looking for a friend of mine last name jazz first name Hugh. uh hold on i'll check uh hugh jazz No, somebody check the meds room for a hugh jazz Uh, i'm hugh jazz telephone hello this is hugh jazz uh hi who's this bart simpson what can i do for you bart uh look i'll level with you mister this is a crank call that sort of backfired and i'd like to bail out right now all right better look next time some days go by with little to no meaning some days have more meaning than others some seem to have much more gravity when you're a kid and lose that weight when you get older. We're all familiar with April Fool's Day. <laughs> April Fools! It's a day that TV and movies tell us is way more important and worrisome than most. Like how when you were a kid and you thought you were gonna have to deal with quicksand on a regular basis. Wait, anyone else notice the walls are getting higher? Quicksand! <laughs> <laughs> The history of April Fools is actually quite a mystery. Oh, what noble visionary thought up April Fools' day. Some historians speculate that April Fools dates back to 1582, when France switched to the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. April 1st used to be the pagan New Year. Happy New Year! Hi ho, Pagans! New Year's was three months ago, but here's a present anywho. It's ram's blood for your godless ceremony. April fools Early pranks included Having paper fish Put on people's back And referred to as The April fish A young Easily caught fish And a gullible person There's a contingent of people who believe that the term actually came from the Canterbury Tales, which was written 1392. I think that's how you pronounce it. I never read Canterbury Tales. But apparently he's tricked by a fox on, quote, Sand March began thriftly days and two. I don't know what that means. But the literary experts throughout time have believed this to be 32 days into March, or April 1st. Where it came from is always bastardized from where it began. April Fool! That's true of many things. Halloween. Christmas, Christmas. Easter. Where did that Easter bunny come from? Maybe that's a story for another episode. But today we have... And that's the story of April Fool's Day. Dad, I was telling the story. It's not a holiday. Well, except maybe in Ukraine. But it's a day that has spawned some of the meanest, funniest happenings of all time. But a prank isn't really just meant for one day. Is it? There have been many notable pranks in history, like the first prank call, which comes from a february second, eighteen eighty four edition of a newspaper called The Electrical War, which read A great joke on undertakers. Some malicious wag at Providence, Rhode Island has been playing a grave practical joke on the undertakers there by summoning them over the telephone to bring freezers, candlesticks, and a coffin for a person alleged to be dead. In each case, the denouement was highly farcical and the reputed corpses are now hunting in a lively manner for the telephonists. There have also been famous pranks on the queen, Fidel Castro, and even really easy marks like that of our past president. But one that stood out more to me, maybe because of my own true minority population, was the time Burger King read an ad in the newspaper on April 1st. Burger King published a full-page advertisement in the April 1st edition of USA Today announcing the introduction of a new item to their menu, a left-handed Whopper, especially designed for the 32 million left-handed Americans. According to the advertisement, the new Whopper included the same ingredients as the original Whopper, but all the condiments were rotated 180 degrees for the benefit of their left-handed customers. The following day, Burger King issued a follow-up release revealing that although the left-handed Whopper was a hoax thousands of customers had gone into restaurants to request the new sandwich. I must say that my pranks are mostly behind me, but I have been known to pull a few. Today, girlfriends Laura, Colleen, and Phoebe, and jokester buddies Ryan, Andy, and Dave face off in a battle of the sexes. That was from the time me and my friends were on a game show where we were known as the Brooklyn Pranksters. Brooklyn Pranksters. We even told the story of a time we robbed our friend and cleaned out his apartment and set up cameras all over the place. waited outside. He eventually came home with a girl and crushed to see his mattress flipped over, lampshade on the ground, and then nothing left in his apartment. They cut that from the episode. Probably, in hindsight, was a bit mean-spirited, I suppose. My name is Dave Colonna. I like The Simpsons. Hey, Brooklyn! And I sure do like pranks. This is My Life in Stereo. Truth be told, the intention of this podcast wasn't initially set out to be a travel show. Most shows will be about a place I've been, but this show will be different. It's from a time and a place, but it's more of a story worth sharing than a trip we can share together. Let me explain. The year was 2013. It was summer. My old roommate and best friend at the time was moving out to LA from our wonderful apartment in Bridgewood, Queens, in New York City. We had been roommates on and off for many years. When one of us needed a place to stay, or a relationship came to the end, this one was a little different. He was moving across the country to follow his eventual wife to Lala. We had been relatively broke for most of our youth as 20 somethings who followed the artistic life. We would scrape together enough money to pay our heat, hot water, cable bills, and most of the time rent. My friend, well, let's call him Scrap, had moved in a quick fashion and now I find myself taking over the communications to all providers of shelter and utilities. As it were, I probably wasn't equipped at the time to handle the transitions myself and a few had slipped through the cracks much like the divide between Scrap and I. Now to think of it like the flyover states. That being said, I did my best to pay those monthly bills. And as our friendship was on the ropes, it wasn't more than a week or a few days we would go without texting or even giving a call. The friendship did persevere. Summer turned into fall, fall into spring, and it was a Around this time, I started noticing something a little peculiar. Time Warner Cable was the cable company in New York City at the time. They've since merged got bought out or died. I don't really care. Conglomerates make money. That's the bottom line. No matter how hard I tried to pay that monthly bill, it seemed the bigger it got. I had no rational idea what was happening. I would send them $100 here, $80 here, and after a few months, it was always $400 delinquent. I was dumbfounded. I couldn't explain this. But when the man wants your money, you gotta pay them. It went on like this since he left. Until one day, I was like, something is wrong. After many times trying to contact the company about what was happening, I finally got through to something. After expressing my story to them, they probably didn't believe me. It sounds like a scam I'm trying to pull on them. I mean, I was paying the bills, but it wasn't making it to them. Then where the hell was it going? That was my question. After an hour or so on the phone, I finally got the answer I was looking for. In our phone call, they described exactly where the money was going to. I don't have the specific call of when that happened, but I do have this. Hello, Mr. Colona. This is calling back from Time on a Cable. I was following up so, Um I got the information from our finance department. The total um, amount that was uh, cashed by Mr. Scrap was actually $800 and $90. $890. Uh, we have sent two checks for $100. We have sent uh, one check for $120. We sent check for $370 and a check for $200. Again, as far as the address, it has been sold that was a voicemail they left me after they had figured it out on their end and tried to get in touch with me to tell me what they had found so that's eight hundred and ninety dollars i sent out so let's get that straight one check for hundred and twenty dollars one check for three hundred and seventy dollars another for 200, and two separate checks for another hundred a total of eight hundred and ninety dollars that's the eight hundred and ninety dollars i sent out and then sent directly to scrap my mind was blown to get my money back from scrap, case closed. Well, not exactly. I needed to take a deeper dive. So as it turned out, I had never transferred the count back to mine. This is where my lack of adulting really bit me in the ass. But Time Warner Cable was directly sending the money to scrap. In turn, scrap was taking it and just depositing it into his account. Scrap was taking it and depositing it, no questions asked. Well, he did say he contacted a business confidant about it who told him to create a separate account. But in the end, I believe his words were, I did spend most of it. So who's to blame here? Me? Sure. I did make a bad mistake of not switching the account. I accept that. Time Warner Cable? I believe they are the real culprits here. I tried to rationally, and by rationally, I mean yell and scream that they were taking my money and sending it to someone who lived in my apartment prior. What if I didn't know them? What if my money literally vanished into the hands of a stranger? This seems like a bad way to handle the situation by a giant company. Well, I guess they're out of business now, so good. Anyway, should Scrap be blamed? At the time, I believed harsh penalties were in order. They should be cast down upon Scrap like the world's never seen before. So I enacted my favorite prank of all time, the Time Warner fiasco. Call me back, Dave, so we can discuss. Let's discuss. I want to discuss. That's my friend. Let's call him Maverick—not his real name, of course, but a camping name nonetheless. He also, at the time, had moved to La La Land to make movies and make dreams come true. I got on the call with him and laid out the news. Really, really excited you're doing this day, and then recruited him for the biggest, greatest show in Hollywood. All the while, Scrap had started to get the sense that something wasn't right. Body. Body, 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 body. Body, body, see. see? i started to ignore his calls his texts any communication was done listen to that desperation i had to make my move i wanted him to suffer so me and maverick got the paperwork together we hired an actor we had him go over to scrap's house and You've been served ring the bell and uh served by the best my friend keep it real why don't we uh let the audio speak for itself this is the actor friend maverick acquired for the day I, I personally don't. Well, not the best delivery, but authentic. What? What was that about? Now there's good acting. Did you just get served? I guess. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who the fuck is- Award winning, really. Who's suing you? Why D- the fuck is D- Dave suing you? is Dave Dave's suing you? What? Is this legit? Do you know anything about this? Yeah, I do know everything about this. I don't know what the fuck is Dave doing. Why? Call him, dude. I've been trying to call him all week. You remember the voicemail. Call me back. You've been had, bitch. Okay, okay, not the best payoff, but rewarding nonetheless. Your handwriting. No, that's not my <laughs> handwriting, actually. <laughs> And after the cat was out of the bag, which I guess in hindsight, I could have dragged on for a little bit longer. Scrap and Maverick wouldn't let it lie there. And they brought the prank to Scrap's girlfriend who had been caught up on all of the drama and deceit. Nice. And they approached her with cold hard facts. I <laughs> know, oh, I know. So look, look through it, it's ridiculous. I think he wants More amazing months. acting? That's why he hasn't been picking up the phone every time I call him. Why 5,000? That's not how much- I don't know, maybe I... damage is- This is fucked up. lawyer- This is fucked shit. up. Yeah, look through it, it's ridiculous. This is fucked up. He's your friend. What the fuck? Is this for real? Yeah, keep <laughs> going. Keep looking. got, like, uh, I mean, official documents? <laughs> you know? Oh, there's some evidence in there. Look at this. There's is some evidence. Up. Look. Oh, my God. Not that one. I think the next one's the evidence, but no, not that one. Boom! And of course, the big reveal with the you've been had, bitch, picture at the end. <laughs> That's what we were looking for. Oh, my God. <laughs> But this guy... And this guy, what Scrap? I never got the end of that sentence. For a moment there, I really feared I was going to be out of the friend circle. In the end, I did end up being the best man at their wedding, so I guess a prank really is something that brings everyone together. However, I never did get that $890. Special thanks to Scrap, Maverick, and the elusive delivery man that I never learned the name of. Thanks to the defunct Time Warner Cable for setting this in motion. And finally, to the $890 it cost me to make this podcast. Music by Dave Colonna, Ryan Hullings, and Chris Hayes. Yo, buddy. Uh, call me back when you're done talking to Rath. That, that shit was fun as hell. <laughs> um, I, had to, I had to really get, to get him on, though. That was funny. All right, man. Um, yeah, I'll talk to you later. So I guess we will see you on my birthday. Bye. See you next time.